Hi guys, you have McGann and welcome back for another episode of There I Read It where I'm going over the Harry Potter books chapter by chapter. This episode is book two, chapter two, which is where Dobby kind of shows up and causes a disturbance for Harry that gets him in some big trouble. The chapter is called Dobby's Warning, if anyone is curious. And just to be clear, I am still open for having co-hosts for different episodes, but I have decided that at least for the beginning, I'm not going to have a co-host for every single chapter because that would just be so exhausting. Not to mention, probably fairly difficult for someone doing a series that is not super popular to get guests booked and showing up. So we're just going to kind of play it by ear and when a guest comes along that I feel like is an appropriate fit, then they'll come onto the show and we'll just leave it at that. Anyways, on to my notes. It turns out that Dobby is the one that was in Harry's bed and he is wearing a pillowcase. Dobby is specifically known as a house elf and that means he belongs to one family for all of eternity, apparently. I, I'm taking that to mean that house elves are not prone to death. Then Harry asks Dobby to sit down and Dobby just starts hysterically and loudly sobbing because it's the first time that a wizard has ever asked Dobby to sit like an equal. And again, if I was unsure about the levels of wizard elitism in this book series, I mean, this is certainly a clear-cut picture that wizards are not necessarily good people. I mean, they basically own house elves as slaves. They're sentient, they're doing a bunch of work, and it's not just for that one, you know, person's lifetime. The house elf also belongs to his children and children's children and children's children. And what? That's ridiculous. Poor house elves. Then Dobby starts to beat himself up for almost talking ill about his family. And again, that's not family like, oh, my mother, father, wife, children. That's family as in the people he serves. So the witches and wizards who own the house that he works for. And listening to Dobby finally gets Harry to realize that some people are worse off than he is. And I kind of like that because I, I, I don't know, I just feel like there's so much of Harry just going, oh, poor me, all my life life sucks, oh everything's awful, the world is a bleak black pit of despair and life has no meaning. I mean, he's so overly angsty. And it is mentioned that Hermione is the top of her year, which would obviously mean her class or her grade. So go Hermione, look at you getting top marks. And Dobby says that Harry must not go back to Hogwarts because there's a secret plot and that plot would be very, very dangerous for Harry and he's just too important to lose. Dobby has also been hoarding Harry's letters from Hermione, Ron, and Hagrid, so Harry is not too pleased about the this little house elf, but I, I will say it is kind of interesting now that it's multiple times in this chapter when Harry thinks about his friends, Hermione is the first one that comes up to his mind. So I don't know if that means maybe he likes Hermione more than Ron, or maybe he has a little crush on Hermione or what, but it is a little bit unusual that Hermione just kind of floats to the top of his mind like she does. And Dobby's prime directive in coming to Harry's home is to tell him, you know, get him to agree not to go back to Hogwarts. And when Harry won't do this, well, Dobby disappears downstairs and gets 
Aunt Petunia's pudding that she made for this dinner that's going on in the background that Harry's not allowed to be a part of. If you don't remember the last chapter, it's a big business dinner for Mr. Dursley, so they were very adamant of, you know, keep out Harry. And so Dobby gets a hold of this big, nice, elegant looking pudding and just shatters it all over the whole kitchen room because Harry won't agree to back away from Hogwarts. And, you know, just reading that, I, I am still empathizing with the Dursleys at this point where, you know, this is why they don't want Harry present at the dinner. Could you just imagine if Harry was allowed to be presented to the Masons and he sat down to dinner with them and then Dobby just comes storming in, you know, oh, Harry Potter must not return to Hogwarts. Oh, they would be so freaked out. But Uncle Vernon does make a, a pretty good recovery with the Masons. When they go in there and see Harry covered in pudding and of course Dobby He's already split by then. Vernon says, just our nephew, very disturbed. Meeting strangers upsets him, so we kept him upstairs. I mean, that's a really slick cover, all things considered. Not that it's a nice cover, but that was some real on your feet kind of thinking. So even though Harry has been caught twice now making a disruption during this dinner, it really looks like Vernon is going to turn things around and he's going to get this deal for his drill part company. I'm still not exactly positive what he does, but he's he's very confident he's going to get the deal until a barn owl swoops in, drops a letter on Mrs. Mason's head, and then leaves. And Mrs. Mason is apparently horrified of birds, so she runs away and her husband stays long enough to say, like, she's scared of birds, so do you think you're being funny? And just sort of huffs off. And I mean, this is just the kind of unpredictable nature of magic and wizards and witches and all of this stuff that the Dursleys hate. And I really find it sympathetic that they hate it. I understand why they hate it. This is not cute or fun or magical from their perspective. But before Harry gets a hold of the letter, Uncle Vernon reads it, and it turns out that the letter is from the Improper Use of Magic office, and Harry is in trouble for a hover charm, which was really Dobby that used it when he spilled the pudding, and the letter threatens expulsion for Harry and states that magic is never to be used outside of school or near muggles, and it's signed by Mafalda Hopkirk. And I don't know if they're not actually spying on the Dursley house? How did they know that that fast? That's crazy fast. I mean, we're talking about five minutes to a half an hour at most that this owl has already known that a charm was used improperly. And why is it that Dobby the house elf can use magic like that? Something doesn't seem right there. I mean, if magic is open to things other than wizards and witches, then why would creatures like Dobby be servants? And I don't know the answer to that, but unfortunately for Harry, now Vernon and the rest of the Dursleys know the truth that Harry's not allowed to use magic in their house. So in retaliation, Vernon says Harry is not going back to Hogwarts and he is locking that boy down. He puts bars on Harry's windows, he locks up the door and puts in a cat flap so that they can slip food to him, and Harry is only allowed to leave the room two times a day to use the bathroom, once in the morning and once in the evening. And he's locked up for three days and he's described being very, very hungry and that they're only giving him like a can of soup here and there. And this is the first point where I will agree 100% unequivocally that that is way too much, way too far. This is flat out child abuse at this point. And even though I understand where this level of anger came from, because it's not just about the pudding, it's not just about the owl, it's that Harry has misled the Dursleys all summer. They have made them live in a constant state of 
of terror that Harry was going to turn them into something while they slept if they if they got on his bad side, like a Twilight Zone horror episode. And the book even says, well, now that the Dursleys know that Harry's not going to turn them into fruit bars while they slept. So it is very clear that they are living in fear constantly and they're just miserable. And so I don't think that their reaction was the right way to go, but I, I can see the path in how they got that furious. Because first Dobby made a noise and of course Vernon doesn't know who or what Dobby is or that he even exists so he has to already come upstairs and be like shut up Harry. Then Dobby sprays pudding all over the kitchen and isn't there for anyone else to see so of course they're gonna look at Harry and be like um yeah this isn't cool but even that you know, second strike, Uncle Vernon smoothed over. And then the owl came in and lost him the deal. And I, I don't even think it was necessarily the owl that was the final straw, but certainly finding out that they are not in the kind of danger that Harry let them believe they were in did not help the situation. That was that was the um, detonator for the dynamite. And really, even though this lasted for three days, would it have lasted all year? Would they really have kept him out of Hogwarts or not let him go to any school at all? I mean, was that a real threat? I don't really know, but I would say if anybody at Hogwarts came to the door or got involved, that the Dursleys were not going to fight them. Like they were aware that Harry couldn't use magic, but they would probably not chance Hagrid or Dumbledore if they showed up at the house. So any adult that showed up, I don't think the Dursleys would have challenged. And then when all seems lost and hopeless, Ron appears at the window with the bars on it. And I, I have a good idea that he is there to collect Harry. Overall, I think this book is starting to pick up pace a lot faster than the first one did. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen in chapter three and beyond. But I would like to know your opinions of Dobby at this point. Do you see him as a good character or a villainous character? Discuss away. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time, family members. Bye. Well, family members, we're almost done, but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my own personal self. And I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, McGann, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the about tab on my channel page and my most current PO box info will be right there. I also run another channel, The Family. It's really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the family and the fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video. We should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See you next time, family members. Bye.